This is a Soulfire production. Yo, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Politically Homeless. I'm glad to be here with you today. Got a pretty good show for you, I think. We'll see. Talking weed, talking Ukraine, talking Dan Crenshaw and plastics. We're going to talk weed some more. And uh, yeah, I'm back. It's been a little bit. Been a, been a month, but um, had an elk season. And lots of things have gone on. I got a new truck. That was cool. Um, been doing a lot of Patreon episodes, which is great. The Patreon audience has been fucking awesome. It's been popping off in there. Um, so if you want to check that out, patreon.com slash politically homeless, join in, get involved in the conversation. Uh, shadow band on, on Instagram again. That's good. Um, got a baby coming pretty soon. Uh, yeah. So we're just, we're there. I shot an elk this year, which was great. I had two elk tags. I filled one of them, shot a bull. That was awesome. I've been wanting to do that since I was a kid. I had an emotional, uh, uh breakdown afterwards. It was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. And I've been eating elk, I think every day, maybe like. I think like eight out of 10 days of eating elk, which is fucking awesome. It's just, it's so good. Uh, learned a lot, made some mistakes in the, in the butchering and uh, processing process, but it's okay. Uh, and, and it's really good that I was able to like take some time. And that's one thing I, I, I need to understand about myself and doing the kind of shit that we're doing here with politically homeless is it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Right. And I've, I found that I, I, would cope with that in different ways. One way was weed. Um, I'm actually doing sober October right now. So I've, uh, everything outside of like, I mean, I was going to do a big mushroom dose, um, one day just to kind of get my mind right. And then, um, I'll microdose LSD or whatever if I need to. But as far as weed, booze, that kind of stuff, like no, none of that for sober October. And I'm feeling really great. And that's one thing we're going to talk a lot, a lot about weed today, but weed isn't con- it's consequence free. And I listened to this great podcast with Andrew Huberman, who's kind of gotten me more inspired. I'm really grateful for him to get me kind of more inspired back into like health and wellness and in viewing, um, life through that lens. It's something I've, I've, I used to really be passionate about and kind of lost, but I feel way better. I just feel way better. I mean, it's been 11 days now of no zero weed. Um, and I feel great and I feel sharp and I feel like a little bit more grounded. Um, I give less fucks, but I, I thinking about it, like I really started becoming a daily smoker during COVID and then it just kind of became a habit. And sometimes I want, I mean, I, I want to go back to just being like a weekend smoker. Like that's kind of what I like. Um, I enjoy smoking weed, you know, but you know, we'll get into that and something to think about. It's going to be all about weed, but it's been really nice. And I've also just looked at this whole thing and and when I take time off and am out doing whatever, especially in the woods, I just think about like, what are we going to do here with this thing? You know, because at the end of the day, it does need to grow. we got to grow an audience. we got to play a game here. Um, we got to play a game with social media. Like I said, I'm shadow banned. So that like directly financially impacts me. Uh, it sucks, you know, and it's frustrating. Um, they, they got me a content strike for something that had having to do with nudity, even though I've never, I don't do any nudity. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on, but it's not like you can like get a hold of somebody on Instagram and be like, Hey, like, I think you guys made a mistake here. No, <laughs> none of that. I don't know what the hell's going on. So um, I'm going to try and figure that out. We'll see what's going on. But I think I've just decided that I'm going to go full in on um, just not taking shit seriously in, in many ways. And one thing that I think um, I'm really going to talk a lot about and really just be- become a staple of the political health platform is is fat shaming people. Um, you know, the, you, There's a study that recently was circulated about how 
more Republicans died of COVID than D- Democrats. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've been, I've lived in Austin, Denver, like blue cities, uh, LA, San Diego. Um, I've been around, you know, um, where else have I been? Toronto is not an American city, but it is what it is. Uh, it's liberal as fuck. Uh, where else have I like spent a significant amount of time? Seattle, like these different places. And I've also spent a lot of time in red states and red cities. And I can tell you that if there's more fucking conservatives that died from COVID, it's because they're fat as fuck. Like generally, speaking, just look at them. Look at Trump and look at Biden. Now you could say Biden, his brain isn't functioning, but he's like doesn't look like an unhealthy guy physically, right? Even look at Nancy Pelosi. Like she looks like an old movie star with humongous tits. That's what Nancy Pelosi looks like. Now look at Ted Cruz. Look at Mitch McConnell. Look at Chris Christie, for Christ's sake. Jesus, fuck. And that's the thing. It's like so, and it's not just Republicans, but just in general, it's like at the end of the fucking day, all right, I'm not racist. I'm not sexist. I'm not misogynist. None of these things, these isms or whatever, get a hold of me. Actually, I think some fat people are great. And that's fine. Do what you want to do. But if you're going to be a burden on society by being a fatty bombatty, I think I need to take a principled stance there and not do it in a kind way. I just have zero interest. If you really want help, well, yeah, I can, we can be kind. We can do that, you know. But then again, it's so funny because you have these like, you have these like personal responsibility conservatives who can't even take responsibility for what they put in their fucking mouth. <laughs> it's like Jesus. You think you want to? You want you? That, that, that's how you want to go about doing this? You want to? You want to talk about personal responsibility? And you're a lard ass. That's it. It's like. You do these these pro freedom folks, they want to be pro freedom. They're not even free from chronic inflammation. Like that's the life they live. You know, it's like they're anti woke, but it's because they have sleep apnea. That's where they're at. You know, and I don't really know. It's like they're back in the blue cheese. Like that's where that's what conservatives are about. It's so strange. I don't understand. It's like it's pro freedom for me to be fat as fuck. You know, and come and take it. It's like I I I do I don't I don't really want to be around you. you kind of smell weird, and you you know. You got Cheeto dust on your hands. Like, that's where I'm at with this whole thing. It's like we need to build a wall around the snack aisle. That's what we need to do. And uh, it's, getting, it's getting to be heavy. So I think, I'm just, I, I, I've, I think I've kind of tapped out on being relatively kind in that regard. And I'm like, well, there's one way we can make a little bit of a change. Um, and I think, honestly, and here's the thing that conservatives will hate because they're, you know, again, fatty bombatties, is that the answer is regulations, Right. We have people like like Laura Ingram. We're going to talk about like railing against weed being a gateway drug. We don't talk about Mountain Dew being a gateway drug. Mountain Dew kills more people than weed. Straight up, it's a gateway drug to being a fat fuck. What do you? We're that's 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 where we're at. Mountain Dew, Coca Cola, gateway drugs. McDonald's, gateway drug. Happy Meal, gateway drug for children. What in the fuck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like what do we do? We live in a clown world. And that's the thing about metabolic health, like this whole study that came out talking about, and it's not even peer-reviewed yet, and it's, it's garbage, and I haven't taken it seriously. And to be honest with you, I haven't read it. I haven't read it. I don't want to waste my time. Somebody's like, well, how do you know about it if you haven't read it? And I'm like, I don't know. You look at these things enough times, you're like, I can tell what this is. I can tell you that the Little Mermaid is going to suck. I can tell you that Marvel Phase 4 is trash, and anything that comes out and is going to be trash. Right? I'm very rarely surprised by these things because there's trends. How do you know that a turd is a turd without putting it in your fucking mouth? I've seen enough turds in my life to know what a turd is, okay? So when we look at this whole thing, it's like you see this, this, this study coming out. And it's like, well, this is no, there's no purpose for this. 
and you don't even get into like the, the nuance of it, and they didn't even control for metabolic health. So you don't know how much sugar these people are consuming, right? When the when the, the top killers in the country, right? Heart disease, diabetes, um, all of these things, right? Like the, we know what they are. Strokes. They're all correlated correlated with metabolic health and inflammation. So you're, th- these studies that come out, these people want to have this conversation about like, well, it's because Republicans didn't take the vaccine. First off, I know a lot of Republicans that, from my hometown, like red, redder than the gates of hell, right down there, like red America. They're all vaccinated, man. Like, I, I just, it's, it's this craziest thing. And it's like, okay, so like some fatty baddies didn't get vaccinated. Okay. That's the wrong, like, who cares? If you drink a gallon of Mountain Dew a week, like, and that's being conservative, by the way, a gallon of Mountain Dew a week and you die of COVID, like who, who is supposed to feel fucking sorry for you? And again, I know it's a bigger, it's a bigger picture here. There's a bigger picture of zooming out of how people are, are essentially indoctrinated into, into con- sugar consumption, addicted to sugar. Right, sugar is hidden in foods to create a dopamine response to create an addictive process. It's the same thing as being like, I'm I'm being kind of a dick about it, and I know that, okay, and it's kind of a joke, and it's kind of not, but it's similar to getting hooked on opioids through your doctor. That's what it's like to have food addiction in the United States. It's been endorsed. Now there's certain people that like know better and do it anyways. That's like just being a meth head, right? That's a different conversation. So all of this is really interesting. It's really interesting to me, but I think that I, I have to take, if I'm, if I'm going to be real with myself and I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be living in some kind of integrity here with this show, I've got to take a principled stance against fatties. You know, I want to make fatties fat again. And then it's, I, it's, I, here's the thing. I was a fat kid. Okay. Maybe it's how like some black folks can use the N word. I was a fatty. I grew up fat. I was obese. I was an obese child. Okay? I can track down some photos if you want to see them. I got bullied. All right, girls didn't like me. I smelled weird. It's just part of it. Underneath my triple chins, I turned out to have amazing bone structure. And then I was 6'4", and then I was an athlete. Things happened. It worked out for me. You know, my life got easier because I could move around. It's important, you know, and I got, I got inspired by like health and fitness because I saw the change it made in my, life, in my own life and did some other things. And like now I can kind of like work out three times a week and do what I want and kind of eat junk food sometimes if I want to. Not in moderation because I have a little bit of self-control, but I wasn't there growing up. So I get, I understand the pain that that causes. I understand, I can see how easily it would have been to slip down that, that, that path and just stay there my whole life. But we have to take a stance against fatties. It's a burden on the healthcare system. It's a burden on the country. And if you're a fatty talking about personal responsibility out there, if you're a conservative fat ass and you're talking about personal responsibility... Right, uh, the guy. <laughs> I have this. I know this guy who like always talks about Terran Tactical. He like name drops Terran Tactical, which is like where Connie, Connie Reeves trained for um, all the um, uh, John Wick movies. Right, great stuff. They, they do some really cool training. But like Terran Tactical, the guy who runs this place, is like a pro gun two A, like defend yourself, come and take it type of guy, and he's fucking obese. <laughs> it's like I can just outrun you, bro. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> You ever see a, a fat person try and like fight? It's like the funniest thing ever. They can't turn around very fast. You just slap them in the back of the head and move and juke and jive. Like they can't do anything. Even if they have a gun. You know what I mean? It's like, what are you going to do? It's fucking crazy. And you see so much of this. You see so much of it. And you know, liberals have their fair share of like soft bodied purple hairs out there, but it's just not the same scale. It's not the same scale. You know what I'm saying? It's just not. I mean, just let's use Texas as an example. Go to Austin, all right? Very blue state city in a red state, which is good. Needs some balance. And then go to like, um, 
I don't know. Let's let's just say like um, somewhere like the suburbs of Dallas. And tell me it's not a different world, right? What the fuck's up there? Like Denton, Decatur, these kind of places? You can go into like the suburbs of Fort Worth outside. Go to like Weatherford, Texas. Go to a Walmart in Weatherford, Texas and tell me that it's the same as like, you know, and that's a red area. Lots of MAGA stickers. And if you want to make America great again, a great America is, he- is a healthy America, right? So if you want to make America great again, make it look like it used to, right? Let's have, some, let's have proper medical health. And the thing is, we need to be more focused on fucking the 75,000 different variations of Lay's potato chips being a problem than we are about weed. Now, weed can be a gateway drug to Lay's potato chips, and I understand that. But we've got to reevaluate the way we look at health. And maybe the way to do that, I'm going to find out, is by fat shaming the fuck out of entire nations, entire states. Maybe that's what we do. Maybe we should run a platform of just fat shaming. I don't know. I don't know. But if somebody wanted to address that issue, we could wage a war on fatties instead of a war on drugs. Maybe we'd be better off, you know? And I know people are like, well, sometimes... You know, like, you can be big, fat, and healthy. And I'm like, how? And people are like, well, just because you're thin doesn't mean you're healthy. And I'm like, yeah, Amy Winehouse towards the end was not healthy. Models that smoke two packs of cigarettes a day and don't eat are not healthy, right? But we're not there anymore. This isn't the fucking 90s, right? Kurt Cobain is dead, and people are too fat. What do you want me to tell you? You understand? Like, there's the, the, the body positivity movement, in my opinion has been a net positive. I really do. I think that, especially for women, because there's women of all shapes and sizes, let's, let's also draw a fucking distinction between a thick bitch and a fatty. You know what I'm saying? Those are not the same thing. Being thick and being fat are not the same. A thick woman is like a robust woman. You know what I'm saying? Like That's, that's a thing. I was around like CrossFit, strength and conditioning, or powerlifting, weightlifting. I was around some thick women who were fit as shit. You know? Like, there's a difference between... The whole Jordan Peterson thing where he was like mad about the like plus size model being on the cover of whatever Sports Illustrated, where she's just like, she's not even like, she's, she's a little big, but she's like, she's thick. She's thick. Lots of women look, lots of women look like that and are happy to look like that. Lots of people have gone through weight loss journeys, like really lost a hundred pounds and end up looking like that. And they're so stoked. And I'm so proud of those people. Being thick is fine. I'm a thick bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a big boy and I always have been. I'm, I'm from a family of thickies. Big bone, baby, you know? And there's a difference in that and Lizzo. Now, I love Lizzo. I think Lizzo's super talented. Just like I can say there's a difference between, um, you know, a 270, 300-pound guy who plays in the NFL and Chris Farley. We use Chris Farley a lot. Chris Farley, I, you know, didn't really do things in moderation. You see what I'm saying? Right? Listen, another example, Ralphie May, funny as shit, and died because he was a fatty. It sucks. It's sad. It's not fun. So it's weird. So I think that we, I think the body positivity movement as a whole, like models now look a little bit more reasonable, right? And I find them more attractive, to be honest with you. Very rarely do I find skinny bitches attractive, personally. But, you know, I'm a big guy. I need a robust woman. And that's where I'm at. But it's just, you know, it's something to think about. It really is. Maybe that should have been the segment. This is, you know, we're 15 minutes in here and I've been talking about fatties for this whole time. But, I just don't want to hold back. And that's the thing, too, with like, when you think about it, even like saying like fatties, fatty bombatties, like these the things that I'm saying, um, instead of like more PC terms, I don't care. 
because like language has been policed so much that I just don't care. This is one of the reasons I use the word retard now. It's like you've been to, it's like, I got it. I got for a long time. I was like, yeah, that's maybe not an appropriate word to use. Maybe you shouldn't call people fat. Maybe this and that. And then it was just like, you can't say this. You can't say that. You can't think this. You can't think that. And I was like, fuck you, dude. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. I'll call people retards and fatties all I want. That being said, if somebody ever called someone with cognitive disabilities a retard in my presence, I would beat the shit out of them, man or woman. I will backhand the shit out of a woman if she calls a kid with special needs a retard so fast. That's not what we're talking about though. Just like when we say pussy and dick, we aren't talking about penises and vaginas. We're talking about pussies and dicks. You see what I'm saying? Words are very, have, have, have a little bit more flexibility than we like to give them credit for. So I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. This is where I'm at. Um, my, <laughs> my, buddy, <laughs> my buddy told me to be the Andrew Tate against fatties. <laughs> and maybe I will. Maybe I will, but I don't think Michaela Peterson will date me. So that's, you know, good thing I'm married. Good thing I'm married. Also, her husband is like, kind of looks like a, kind of looks like a bitch. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Like, Michaela Peterson seems nice and, you know, whatever. Jordan Peterson's just kind of turned into like the grumpy old man from Dennis the Menace. Like, that's where he's at now. I don't know what the fuck happened there. Of course, I, I do appreciate Jordan's work, but fuck, man. Like, you need to like lighten up a little bit. Um, but Michaela Peterson's husband, he like, he looks, He's like pretty and like dainty. He's like a dainty little, a dainty little like a, I don't like a little flower. I don't know. Like I don't know what's going on. He's like, he's like, he feels like a Disney prince that turns out to be a villain. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Like I just don't. For someone who is so into that like conservative masculine feminine, like these these gender roles being important, like then why did you marry a, a bitch? I don't understand. I, I do you? I mean, love is love. You know, whatever. Like have a good time. But it just it surprised me to see him, and I'm like, is he wearing eyeliner? Like what is? What is this guy doing? I mean, we, I hope we have some photos up on the video here, but this is just like, ugh. Like, he just looks like, ugh. Like, it's like, um, it's like a callback to, like, metrosexual days from the early 2000s. Strange. Anyways, let's talk about some other stuff here before we get into the actual state of things. Tulsi Gabbard. Just saw it this morning. This is great. Somebody, and let me just say this. Called it. Fucking called it. I did. Tulsi Gabbard. No longer remaining in today's Democratic Party. That is now under complete control. Well, we'll listen to her say it. Um, you know what? Let's just listen to her, and then we'll uh, we will we will discuss. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country— and I invite you to join me. All right. So she used the word woke. Here's the thing. 
I like Tulsi. I used to like Tulsi. And somebody asked me, like, what, what do you think about Tulsi for 2024? I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I, it's just, I'm bored. I'm bored with Tulsi. Right? It's like she doesn't, I, I liked her principles. I liked, actually liked her as a Democrat, to be honest with you. Because she moved the party into a, a practical direction. But she's sitting here, she's criticizing, she's criticizing the Democratic Party. If she would have gone, done this, and criticized the two-party system, how the two-party system is responsible for circumventing democracy, how it's hard to be a party of, pro, of warmongers and Democrats, and it's really, there's not an option to go, then be a, party of the, uh, be a part of the party who started the Iraq war that led us to where we are today, Right? Like th- that, that's one thing, like from Vietnam and Iraq, the other things, like it's, it's, there, there's a long list of the, of the reasons and correlates into how we end up where we are today. And there's a really in- interesting discussion to be, to be had there that has nothing to do with wokeness because wokeness has its equal on the right. Okay. And you can't sit here and tell me that the right is pro freedom. I just, it, I'm not, the, they're not pro-freedom, right? Like a, a party that harbors Christian nationalists and doesn't criticize them is not pro-freedom, Tulsi. And I'm not sitting here being like, I'm not praising the Democratic Party. Everybody who listens to this shit, anybody who knows anything that, oh, anybody that knows anything I have to say about the Democratic Party knows that I hold them to account more than anybody else. And when a Republican wins in 2024, I will be doing the same thing, okay? I'm not here to suck politicians' dicks or their pussies or whatever. Equal opportunity whatever they have. Um, I'm here to be critical. I'm here to pull out, call out hypocrisy. And what you've done is switch teams and then be like, well, the team I was on, you're a, you're a fucking conservative's wet dream. And one thing I liked about Tulsi and why I liked her in the Democratic Party is because she was there to hold the Democratic Party to account. She could call bullshit when bullshit needed to be called. And I liked that, right? And I like that. I like that. That's why I will never say I'm like, I'm, I'm technically still a fucking liberal because I'm, a, I'm holding on to that term because it means something to me. And I'd rather be on the left and hold the left, uh, hold the left accountable for their bullshit, right? Now, now, neo-libs, different conversation. I can't influence that world at all. But like, y- you guys know who I'm talking about. They're center left, center right. Like, I mean, even libertarians are more liberal in a lot of ways than in, in real liberal, Right. And there's a, there's a big push. And I talked to somebody who's actually a university professor uh, that reached out to me on Instagram talking about how even the, the students and people are like, oh, well, they're being indoctrinated into the left. But they're, they're, they're really exhibiting more of a civil libertarian leftism in Gen Z, which I'm like, okay, now my, I'm, that, that piques my interest. You're talking about people like that's now we're, are we coming full circle back to like what liberals were, which we remember this and like JFK liberals are civil libertarians, right? But they also think that the government has a role in creating a, a robust society. And I believe that as well. I don't sit here and think, well, government's bad, centralization is bad, blah, 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 blah. For these reasons, it's like, well, there's nuance to it, right? In some areas, regulations are fucking terrible. Like when they inhibit small businesses um, and, and like a salon has to have like 30 sinks and this other stuff. When I opened a gym, I had to have two handicapped bathrooms. It cost me $60,000 and I couldn't use that capital to hire people. So I was in a really bad spot from the beginning and the gym failed. Right, a lot of that had to do with regulations. That's disgusting. Now, when we're talking about like, can Dow Chemical dump fucking whatever the god whatever they want into like streams and shit? No, no, that's not that, that regulation. There is important, right? Um, should we be able to put? I mean, even and, and I think as we talked about earlier, our food system is underregulated. It's disgusting. It's disgusting what we allow. Europe doesn't allow the shit that we allow into our food into our food, right? If you go like Europeans walking through our grocery stores are fucking disgusted, and they should be because it's fucking disgusting, right? 
There's a reason I, and call me what you want. I don't go to regular grocery stores. I haven't been, I, I don't go into a Walmart maybe once every three or four years or if I'm in my hometown because it's all there really is. And even then I try to avoid it. I just go get like, you know, I need to go get some fishing stuff or whatever to go hang out with my, with my cousins or my family or shit. Like I'll do that there, but I don't walk through the, the grocery aisles in those stores disgust me. And the people who are in them disgust me. And I see little fat kids waddling around and I'm like, this is disgusting to me. I feel bad for these. It's like, it's like I would rather walk around Skid Row. I'd be less sad walking around Skid Row than I am walking around the grocery aisle in a small town fucking Walmart. Because I'm just watching chronic disease that people don't even understand. At least people on Skid Row know they're fucking junkies. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, I digress. The, the one-sided criticism from Tulsa Gabbard, this is, it's, it's, it's attention whoring. It's all it is. It's all I see it as. I, I don't see this as some kind of like, robust criticism of our current system. I don't see this as something that's pro-democracy. I don't see this as something that's anti-war. How much friction has there been from the Republicans as, as far as what's going on with, um, with Ukraine right now and how much, how much Lockheed Martin's getting paid, right? Has Dan Crenshaw spoke up? No, because he's a cunt, right? Like, this is what we're at. And we're going to talk about Dan Crenshaw today as well, a lot. Um, but yeah, there's, there's warmongers. The whole entire government is built of warmongers. And instead of Tulsi taking a principled stance and fighting against that, she's pointing about warmongers on one side. It's disgusting. Now, maybe she'll, like, adopt some kind of, like, conservative populism, like a real conservative populism, but I doubt it. Because that's not what the Republican Party's about, and that's where she's going. This is going to be, she's not going to be, I'm going to run independent. If that was the case, I'd be like, fuck yeah, Tulsi, but she's not. She doesn't have the balls to do that. Um, so I'm pretty disappointed. In the way that she handled this. I'm not disappointed she left the Democratic Party. Like that was she's she's been out of the Democratic Party for a long time. Um, and I understand why. But I enjoyed her being on there just because it pissed off Hillary Clinton, which everybody go, enjoys. And yeah, so <sighs> interesting stuff. But that's Tulsi. I can no whoa, longer whoa, whoa, remain- Tulsi. Shh. Enough. It's enough from you. Uh so yeah. Now one more thing. We're gonna go back to Twitter for this. Joe Rogan. Um put the fucking founder of Rolling Stone in the ground. <laughs> oh, we we'll love this. I love this. All right, let's check this out. Meant to regulate the internet? Absolutely. You trust the people that got us into the Iraq war under false pretenses to regulate the internet? Uh, Do you think right. that makes any sense? <laughs> well, wait a minute. I would not. The people who got us into the Iraq war. It's the government. Was the, no, was the politicians. It's the, the government. Getting into the Iraq war where there was zero friction. There was one person, one person, by the way, who voted against that. And his name is Bernie motherfucking Sanders. Principles, baby. Principles are important. In the end, yes, it's the government. But who else is going to regulate? But if they're going to be in power and they're regulating the internet, they're going to regulate the internet in a way that suits their best interests. The same way they do with the banking industry, the same way they do with the environment, the same way they do with energy. The same way they do with everything. No, what, is, what represents their interests? There's so mu- you're talking about so much money mm-hmm. involved in disseminating information in and a very the particular way. The world are, right now are the internet companies that are rich beyond belief. Yeah, it's fat, but it's, it's a disruptive thing that has never existed before. My, I, I think it exists, and I think w- where we're at is where we're at. I think we need to move forward collectively as a country with an ethic that – respects truth and that it appreciates opinions and reality and an and, and understanding of things that's not necessarily possible with corporate interest involved in the dissemination of information. 
But there's no way to do that except through the government. There's no the, oh, excuse me. There's no way that you can do that except through the government. Why I mean, is that? Human nature is not going to change. But the government's not going to change either. But the government is capable of change. Okay, look, the government uh, regulates, for example, the food supply, or it can regulate. Let's take the the food supply. Yeah, the, the Department of Agriculture. Why have they let glyphosate safety. infestate all of our foods? Uh, let's stay with one thing. <laughs> yeah, but that's a problem. That's the I government agree. regulating. Yes. Well, then we better get better politicians in them to import better people. I mean, oh, that's how it works. Not, again, again wow. don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Right. Okay. So let's take the uh, SEC or take the Food and Drug Administration's regulates big pharma. On the one hand, we've got a very safe supply of drugs in this country, you know. What the fuck? Drugs are tested. (laughs) You know, you don't get too many bad drugs, you know, prescribed drugs. 25% of all drugs approved by the FDA get recalled. (laughs) Okay, so I only see like the first 20 seconds of that. Oh my God. That was the most naive and idiotic thing I've ever seen someone say. But I hear that kind of shit all the time. So I guess not that I hear it. That's a little bit of a hyperbolic statement there. But yeah, it's a lot. And something that Joe said there about we need to create a, an environment basically of valuing truth. I would actually say, no, that's not what we need. That's not the move. Because everybody can claim truth, right? Like Christians think that Jesus was actually the son of God. That's their truth, right? That they think that that, that, that that capital T truth exists for them. It's a belief. It doesn't, you can't, it's unfalsifiable. It's not truth. It is a belief, right? Beliefs inherently are kind of contradictory to truth. That's fine. Believe what you want to believe, right? Um, and that's that's great. So... But you got to think about the word truth is very tricky, and you can hear Sam Harris and and, and uh, Jordan Peterson go around and around this idea of truth uh, for a long time on a podcast for like three hours. It's it's exhausting, but it's worth listening to because there is so much to be challenged in that word truth. And I think that the value isn't of truth in itself. The value that we could have culturally that should be embedded into our our platforms that we communicate on is the pursuit of truth, right? Because you may ever never get there. Right. Say you want to deadlift 700 pounds, right? You may never deadlift 700 pounds, but if you're in pursuit of deadlifting 700 pounds, there will be gains, right? I used to say the same thing when I was a CrossFit coach. And back in the day when we would talk about, I would have maybe a woman who was in her 40s, 50s. She was never going to do a muscle up, right? Which is from hanging on the rings to um, a full support position at the top of the rings. And that was a big thing for a lot of people to do a muscle up. Um, but they, she was never going to do a muscle up, but I was like, that's, that's, that's not the point. You may never do it, but the structure you can build in pursuit of that, right. By working through your progressions, working on scapular stability, especially for older women who have, um, tend to have some degenerative issues in their upper back, lacking upper back strength, um, is a big thing that challenges older women, especially if they're big breasted as odd as that may seem like that does ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Um, upper upper back strength is a bias that we would focus on for women specifically because the results of that, whether they were ever did a muscle up or not, whether they could be 25 or 55 or 65, it doesn't matter. But the pursuit of that would then yield returns. And you can think of the same thing about truth, the pursuit of it. Even if you never get to like absolute capital T truth, it's okay. But the pursuit of it is where it's at. That's where you learn. You learn in that process. And part of that process is accepting you're wrong sometimes, right? We got to eat crow every now and then. I had to do that in a big way the other day. It's frustrating. And I'm sure I'll do it again, as we all will. And that's okay, right? So there's a little bit of a swallow in that jagged little pill. Um, some of it is, is, is being assertive when you believe you're right and, and that being correct, you know, 
standing your ground. These are all things you learn from. So it's not about like attaining truth. It's about the process of seeking uh, truth, in my opinion. And that's, I think, culturally something we can really uh, we can really focus on. It's something to think about. So that's where I'm at. I just wanted to bring a few of these things up for the day. Good times. Good times. Good videos from Twitter. Maybe we'll do a little bit more of that. Let me know if you like the little bit longer intro sections. But now it is that time for something to think about. Oh, wait, no. I'm all, I'm all wonky here. It's been a little rusty. It's time for the state of things. That's what it is. Let's get to it. Let's talk about that dank-ass chronic weed, my friend. Dank-ass weed. Joe Biden, a.k.a. Dank Brandon, <laughs> has decided to pardon a bunch of fucking criminals. A bunch of crazy-ass, drug-addicted criminals. Let's check this. Criminals? 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 Let's check this out real quick. Um, Biden overhauls U.S. policy on marijuana pod- pardons prior federal offenses. Uh, President Joe Biden took steps to overhaul U.S. policy on marijuana on Thursday by pardoning thousands of people with federal offenses for simple marijuana possession and initiating a review of how the drug is classified. Now, this is actually a bigger deal, the review of how the drug is classified. So right now it's a class one drug. It's, it's up there with heroin. Um, it's actually more, I think, more aggressive than fentanyl. Uh, which we can see that that's a little bit odd. Um, meth, it's, all, it's in there with those, which obviously the classification of that drug uh, being moved to something else, even if it was to remain illegal, and I think Biden is actually like principally against legalization. The the review and the changing of how that uh, how marijuana is is classified does a lot of things. So it takes a, it takes quite a process. I think there's five, I forget what they are, but there's five different standards it has to meet. It has never met that. It gets reviewed every five years. Um, it's likely going to pass that now uh, just based on the studies and the more information that we have. And that would also lead to, and this, I think this is actually more important than marijuana, is the de- uh, reclassification or declassification of things like LSD, um, uh, psilocybin mushrooms, DMT, and, and things of that nature, which are inherently not a addictive and do have therapeutic um, effects say what you want about marijuana and i will say it's not consequence free right we've we've been through a lot of this it's too easy for kids to get it i believe these things to be true um and i've seen it actually and it's kind of frustrating to watch like 15 16 year old kids who are have developing minds altering their um altering their 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 state of mind in a way that I feel like is a little bit overdone and and they don't really recognize the consequences same thing with alcohol habitual use of alcohol weed whatever it is pills all these things kids are doing too many drugs these days uh, I hate to say that but that's true um, but looking at the way that we can use this therapeutically the benefits there are several benefits to marijuana there are numerous benefits to psilocybin mushrooms at therapeutic dosage. Uh, there's numerous benefits to LSD, LSD MDMA, uh, and DMT-related uh, substances as well. They have massive benefits, and as to be a Schedule One drug, you have to have shown no therapeutic benefit. And that is blatantly false when it comes to psychedelics and marijuana. That is patently 1,000% false. That is a falsehood. That is a lie. That is something that's perpetuated by the right to punish black folks and hippies. And it's been held onto for far too long, and it still is held onto, as we're going to see, by many people on the right who act like it's fucking 1982. 
It's the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. So anyway, it says Biden says thousands of people with prior federal federal convention, convic, convictions could be denied employment, housing, or educational opportunities with his, his executive order would relieve such collateral consequences. And this is important, too, because there's no one in, in federal prison for simple possession of marijuana. It's not a thing. They don't have that. But people do have these prior offenses that they're going to be expunged from their record, which means they're going to have um, easier access to employment. They don't have to explain anything when they go get a job because you shouldn't have to explain anything when you get a job. Right. And the, these, these punishments were much far too harsh. And what he did was put pressure on governors to do this at the state level. There are people in state prisons, state jails, right, even though they're county jails or, or, or state prisons um, for possession. Now, those governors need to do exactly what, what Biden did here and expunge those records and, 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 and remove those offensive. If they're in there for multiple offenses and the, and the marijuana possession is part of it, well, you get rid of that. And if they, maybe they stole a car and they had weed on them. Well, now they're, they're, they're still paying the punishment for the actual crime of stealing a car, but they, their, their marijuana possession charge is, is null and void. It doesn't matter, right? That part of it is not a crime. And it's not a crime. It shouldn't be a crime, Right. There's a, there's a point, and I don't understand how the, this, the pro-freedom crowd on the right, and we're going to get into that here down the road, is like lost their fucking mind over this shit. And it's insane. It's absolutely insane. If marijuana was, is as available as alcohol, which it kind of is now in most places, the consequences would be, would be less. They would just be less. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, we, it's so hypocritical. It is absolutely hypocritical. It's, it's insane. Um, so let's see here the response from everyone's favorite. Uh, Laura Ingram, so we got a little panel here. We're gonna we're gonna pause her a few times and just like go through this and, and see what's going on. But this is the person who kind of represents like kooky people on the right, kooky fucking um, the conservatives who like the boomers who need to go right. People that need it, we need we need them out of society. Those boomers, Laura represents. That's her audience. So let's hear what she has to say here. Pot. Oh. Now, I want to describe the left's midterm agenda very simply. Are you ready? This is what they're going to give you more of if you elect them. Abortion, pot, porn, and more January 6th hearings. Okay, the January 6th hearings are quite annoying, even though they have turned out some things that were really interesting. Um, and I don't understand where the porn comes from. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, I mean, abortion, yeah, but also like 70% of, people, of Americans believe that abortion should be legal up to a certain point. Right, electively. So like, yeah, so that's democracy. That's just like the people, that, that's a conversation because you guys have overreached. That's, that's the problem. Not that, that like abortions are part of the conversation. The thing is that you guys overstepped. You had a bunch of leverage and you overstepped in an area of life that most people disagree with you on and have hamstrung yourself in many places because of that fucking moronic decision. So yeah, that's on you. The reason that Democrats have leverage on abortion is because of Republicans. Not because of them. You understand? They got nothing else. And to help with that, just 33 days before the midterms, Joe Biden is caving to the radical left's requests. Okay, so 33 days before the midterms. Let's just have this conversation really quickly. 33 days before the midterms. Who fucking cares when it is? This should have been done 33 fucking years ago. Like This, is, this never should have been a thing in the first place. So if you're going to say he's buying votes, the, everyone, the politicians do this. At this point in our politics, the bars are set so low that we have to take what we can get when we can get it. I'm not a fan of Joe Biden. You know, I probably like him more than Laura Ingram because yeah, at least he like his brain doesn't work well enough for me to hate him that much. You know what I'm saying? Whereas Laura Ingram is like she is she's she's conscious, obviously, it seems. And she's this dumb. You know what I mean? 
at least they'd be like, man, I feel bad for this guy with dementia. Laura Ingram is like fully there and still a dumb bitch. It's the oddest thing I've ever seen in my life. No one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. It's already legal in many states. And criminal records for marijuana possession have led to needless barriers to employment, to housing, to educational opportunities. There's nothing to disagree with in that statement. Not, Not one thing he said is controversial. My mother, okay, who has struggled with addiction in her life and is now doing amazing, I'm so probably more proud of her than anybody else in my life. Like, she made some difficult decisions. She fucking struggled. She went through it. And now she's doing so great. You would never even know that. Like, I love the person she has become so much. It, because of her history, is terrified of drugs, of all drugs. And because of our conversations and the way that I view psychedelics and my life and, like, what's going on, she's now pro-decriminalization of psychedelics, right? And, and, uh, and marijuana, full legalization. Right, we both agreed that like you don't need to overdo these things, but like this is someone who is terrified of these things and is a conservative, and lives in a red state, and it's like how in the fuck are people still going to jail or even getting tickets for this? This is absolutely absurd, absolutely. These things aren't controversial even in red America, and Laura Ingram is still like, what? Why are you picking this tail to die on? And then you call yourself pro freedom and anti regulation. You're a liar. You're a fucking liar. I'm announcing a pardon for all prior federal offense, federal offenses for the simple possession of marijuana. Well, it starts with marijuana, but where does it go from there? Oregon. It goes all kinds of places. Yeah. Decriminalization of people being able to do what they want to do with their bodies. It's not up to you, right? I could, I could eat myself to death probably way faster than I could smoke myself to death or even heroin myself to death, whatever you want. I mean, it's like, what are you going to do here, right? At least if I fucking overdose on heroin and that's the way I go out. I didn't cost the fucking the, 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 the American people thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on my way there. You know what I mean? Like everybody with fucking diabetes getting their feet cut off. Like what the fuck is going on? But you're not critical of that because that's you're free to eat your fucking self to death. But you can't do a little cocaine if you want to recreationally. And I'll say this. I endorse the use of recreational cocaine. If it's clean, if you know it's good, use your test kit. Test kits are cheap. Buy test kits if you're going to do any recreational drugs. I don't give a fuck what it is. Unless it, I mean, weed, you can't really test, whatever. Get that shit from a dispensary. But like, use test kits. Also, most people that do cocaine do not have a cocaine problem. Okay? I haven't done cocaine in years, but I've done it enough times to know it can be dangerous. Yeah. You're playing with fire. You know what else is dangerous? Guns. Also like those. I like to mix a little bit of mushrooms and a little bit of cocaine together. When I was out, because I don't like to drink. And I honestly feel like clean cocaine and mushrooms are probably better for me than fucking tequila and over, over, over drinking tequila or beer or anything else. You know why? I'm pro freedom. <laughs> so if you want to drink yourself to death, that's fine. You want to get fucked up on the weekends? Great. You want to do a little blow? Have at it. You want to smoke some weed? Cool. What's the problem? Right? And people will say, well, but that's cocaine. Like, no, no, no. Most people who do cocaine don't have a problem. It's slippery. But it's like most people who eat aren't, aren't addicted to food. It's like most people who have a soda every now and then aren't drinking a, a liter a day, right? These are all, this is human behavior that we need to look at from a, a, a broader, a broader um, through a broader lens. But Laura's so focused on controlling you in the ways that it matters to her to push her political agenda and has zero awareness 
of the reality of her fucking words and what she's even saying. She doesn't even know. She doesn't even think about this. It's all about partisan hackery. And you see so much of this on the right. It drives me up the fucking wall. The idea that the, the hypocrisy of these people calling themselves pro-freedom is just is beyond me. Oregon was the first state to decriminalize it. Then they legalized it for recreational use. And then a few years later, they decriminalized hard drugs, cocaine, heroin, LSD, and even meth. LSD is not a hard drug. Plain and simple. How things look in Oregon? Well, we all know how they're looking. Not good. Joining me now is Matt Schlapp, CPAC chairman, and Dr. Russell Kamer, who's a medical... So a chairman for CPAC and then a doctor. Now, I want you to look at these two men here, okay? Both these men are old as fuck. Both these men are boomers. You didn't bring anybody on. How, Laura, how about this? I'll, I'll put this call out there, Laura, because you've heard my criticisms of you, maybe. I don't know. Somebody, somebody who knows Laura listens to this, right? Send this to her. Have me come on and have a conversation with you about the pros and cons of marijuana legalization, right? Appropriate ages and regulations, the use of different psychedelics like LSD, mushrooms, ayahuasca, DMT, like and what the, what the pros and cons of those are, how those can be overused, what the consequences are, what the potential benefits are. Would you like to have a nuanced conversation with me? Would you like to have a nuanced conversation? If anybody out there knows somebody who's like a, a, a aggressively anti-drug, send them my way. I'll have a conversation with these people and do it in good faith. You know, I'll call you a dumb bitch on this show maybe, but I'm not going to do it to your face and we'll have a good conversation. I would love to do that, right? Maybe Brett Cooper wants to have a conversation. She seems like a really good person. I'd love to have that conversation. If she's, if she's anti-legalization, I don't know. Right, I know she has a big audience, and that would be great, and that might get some information out there. There's a lot you can learn about these things if you ask good questions. But bringing on two guys in their 60s, right, regardless of their opinions, they could be super. Unless you're bringing on, how about you have uh, the CPAC guy who I don't know what is he a professional? Does he have what is his qualification here besides being a political hack? Why don't you bring on Rick Straussman from Maps, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies, who's done the research? Why don't you bring that person on? No, oh no, you, you, don't, you don't want to be challenged. I see, Laura, you don't want to be challenged. You don't want to have intellectual honesty. You don't want to pursue truth. You want to be a hack. Interesting. Medical Director of Partners in Safety, Matt, um, John Fetterman, uh, he's in a tight race uh, in Pennsylvania for that Senate seat. He has been urging the administration to do something like what Biden did today. So I guess that's, I guess who's calling the shots? Fetterman in the White House now. Yeah, you know, Laura. Okay, John Fetterman. Think about what you think about him. What you want? Okay, right? Running for Pennsylvania governor against Dr. Oz, who is a fucking clown, right? I saw Dr. Oz on um, Abbott Kinney in Venice one time. Walked by him. I was like, "That was Dr. Oz." Had like a three thousand pair dollar pair of Gucci sunglasses on. He looked like a complete fucking douchebag. I was like, "Wow, this guy's a douchebag," and I'm like, "Oh wow, that's Dr. Oz." Weird. <laughs> it was very strange. A very strange experience. John Fetterman is not running the White House. This is called democracy, you stupid cunt. I fucking cannot stand this woman. And this is the narrative you're hearing all over the place. It's the radical left. It's the radical left. This is people like my mom. People like my mom are for this. You think my, my this, this 55-year-old conservative woman in Texas is, is, is the radical left? You know who else is for this? My grandfather, who's never voted for a Democrat in his fucking life. I could go around my hometown of Graham, Texas with a fucking microphone, and I might do it. I might go and just do this and be like, what do you think about marijuana, marijuana legalization? People are like, yeah, that'd be great. I mean, me and my brother are just waiting for marijuana to be legal in Texas. So we can open a dispensary in our hometown and make hella money slinging edibles to rich white ladies. Like that's money. That's there. It is. I already have a name for the place. 
So it's just like, we're, we're ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm waiting. And it's like, dude, you're wrong, Laura. You're, you're not speaking for America. You're speaking for a small group of elites that want what you want to control people. To me, this was the pollsters from the DNC who seem to also run the DOJ, by the way, who went to the White House and they're looking for every niche thing that the president can do to try to kind of like rally his troops for the midterm. And I, I think it's so cynical because the question of the impact of drugs on our kids and our societies is immense. I mean, I've spent a fair amount of time in Colorado and they were kind of at the beginning of this 10 years ago. And now Colorado leads statistics on all kinds of violent crimes and overdoses. No, no, that's not. No, that's just not. <laughs> Overdoses have gone up throughout this entire nation, probably because you guys chose not to regulate the fucking pharmaceutical industry. You know what? So weed, does weed lead to Oxycontin abuse? Because I think that's a prescription drug that comes from the doctors that you don't want to regulate, right? You overlooked the opioid epidemic, you dumb fuck. And you're going to blame it on weed. Really? Wow. Absolutely bad faith argument. Straightforward bad faith. This motherfucker is a lying hack. Straight up. Uh, this isn't just about marijuana. It's about a whole embrace of a drug culture. And if we care about people, that should guide what we do. And the Democrats, once again, show it's not about helping people. It's about winning races. The majority of people in this country are on antidepressants. On SSRIs. For, for a, a disorder that, does, it turned out, doesn't even exist. Right? Dopamine levels in the brain, or excuse me, serotonin levels in the brain aren't correlated with depression. Wow. So selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors are doing what exactly? Maybe we should study that. But no, you're going to talk about weed, meth, cocaine, heroin. Yeah, those are bad. They can be bad. They can, there's, there's consequences to that. Just like there's consequence to alcohol, guns, forever wars. Um, <laughs> shall I go on? Like everything has consequences, everything. But you don't bring up the pharmaceutical industry because where do the ads for Laura Ingram's show come from? Follow the money. Where do the ads? If we were to go to commercial break on this show, how many pharmaceutical ads do you think you'd three, see? Two, three, and then maybe one in there to buy gold mixed in, and a my pillow guy ad. So no, we don't want to bring that up. We want to talk about the illegal drugs. Got it. So the cartels in Mexico, not the cartels in the United States. That's interesting. It's funny how selective you are when you acknowledge the drug problems. And again, we can bring this around. Are you going to talk about food? I don't think that overdoses are the biggest killer in the United States. I think heart disease, diabetes, uh, Alzheimer's, these things are all massive killers in the United States. But you don't want to bring that up? So it's not about people's lives. It's about your political agenda. Okay, I understand now. I see where we're, I see where I'm now. I'm starting to put the story together for myself here. Well, Bloomberg actually reported some facts about marijuana legalization today. They reported that cannabis is almost facts. as addictive as opioids in teens. Rates of cannabis use disorder in people 12 to 17 grew 25% more in states that legalized recreational marijuana than in those that didn't. In 2019 and the two years prior, there were a total of 4,000 172 exposure cases nationwide in kids up to nine years old. Uh 4,000 in a country of 340 million? 
I think more kids than that like probably drown in swimming pools, to be honest with you. Uh, doctor, this is only going to get worse. You can kind of see this train coming down the track. Your reaction tonight? Yes, well, it, it definitely is getting worse with the lax attitude towards uh, all drugs in general. But I do want to say that President Biden, uh, in his pardoning of uh, drug users, of uh, marijuana users, I agree with them. No one should go to She didn't see that coming. Jail simply for smoking a joint. That's ridiculous. And in fact, President That's Biden right. has been very anti-legalization. So in those wow. ways, he's been uh, very good in, in, on the topic. On the other hand, in New York State, we have a different situation because not only have the uh, cannabis uh, criminals been pardoned, but they're also getting a $200 million fund to start up the addiction for profit marijuana industry. And I mean, so excuse me, the addiction for profit pharmaceutical industry. You could have put, you could just plug that in there as well. Or the um, addiction for profit, oh, I don't know, food industry. These are all things that you could just plug right in there as well. So hypocrisy reigns. That's where we're at. Now I want to see this. Here's what I want to say to you guys. I know I've gone a long time on this because I get a little bit, I get a little bit fired up about it. And I use Laura Ingram as like the extreme example. Most conservatives aren't like that. And I'm not, I'm not talking about conservatives in general. I'm talking about these specific types of people. I want to be very clear about that. I don't think that Republicans in general, but you know, the Ted Cruz's of the world, those type of people, which are a big part of the Republican Party. If you want to be on the right, that's great. Those are your people. You need to, just like I fucking call out the left constantly, constantly. I need people on the center right, people that are listening to this show right now that are watching this video. Those are your, those people are, Ted Cruz and his, People are your responsibility. They're not my responsibility. I don't affiliate with those fucks. But if you vote red, you do. And you have a responsibility. If you believe something, to speak up against your own party if it's necessary. Hold your own party accountable. We have to deal with this bullshit two-party system. you got to speak up and do it. Now, I want to talk about this gateway drug thing. We're going to cut this into a separate video because I know this is really important. But this gateway drug argument is so flawed. Because I am a product of marijuana being a gateway drug. And here's why. I spent my entire life in Graham, Texas, growing up, being told that weed was the worst fucking thing ever, right? It was, it was the devil's letter, the whole thing, all the stuff, reefer madness type shit, right? Conservative world. Uh, went to college, played some football, ended up transferring to Texas State after I got injured, was there. And then thanks to a couple of buddies of mine that might be seeing this video right now, um, started smoking a little bit of weed. I was actually on a rugby trip smoking swag blunts on a way to play a, a rugby match. Um, in a minivan with a couple guys. Super fun. That was the first time smoking weed. It was a really good experience. Got a bunch of snacks, whole thing, you know, typical stuff. Then started smoking weed pretty regularly after that. And I remember one time I was um, just smoking. We would just, you know, when you're young like that too, it's like, it's kind of fun to just like, I'm 20 years old, like getting high, watching movies, hanging out, you know, whatever. Um, I uh, fucking was getting high, just hanging out. And I realized, like, I had this moment where I was like, wow, like, I was fucking lied to about this. I was lied to about what this was and what this was going to do to me and all this. I was fucking lied to. And that is what makes it a gateway drug, in my opinion. Is you look at this and you've been lied to and conned and manipulated into believing something that's blatantly false. And then you go, well, if they lied to me about this drug, maybe they lied to me about this other drug, right? Slippery slope. Maybe I'll try something else. Maybe I'll try this thing. Maybe I'll just like experiment with all kinds of stuff and just see what happens. So if you can have a good faith discussion, be like, Hey, weed is definitely different. Like I'll have this discussion with my kids. I don't think they should smoke weed till they're over 21 at least. 
right? If they do a time or two, well, here, there, whatever, no big deal. Just like drinking. It's like, you know, whatever. Just don't get, be, be, don't be a, di- don't be an idiot. <laughs> That's kind of my like mantra for my kids. Like, don't be an idiot with this shit. Like I'll have a real conversation, but like, Hey, weed and mushrooms can be really good. If done properly and you don't do them too early, right? A developing mind is a developing mind and it's a sensitive thing. And it has a lot to do with the way you live your life. Um, so be cautious of that. Like, just be mindful of that. You, you got plenty of time to get high. And I think it's part of it. If my kids go their whole life without doing a big ass hit of LSD, well, I feel like they may have missed out on something, right? That's how I feel. That's a Sam Harris quote as well, too. We have the same. It's like, would you want your kids to do that? Yeah, I would. Appropriately. And probably with me, honestly, um, the, for the first time. If they want to do that or, or somewhere safe. That's how I feel. But I think having a conversation like, hey, I'm actually, you know, weed, whatever, like it's, it's Hold off. Be careful. Don't overdo it. Don't overdo it with anything. But stay the fuck away from pills and powders. Stay the fuck away from pills and powders, man, when you're young especially. Until you get to the point. I didn't do cocaine for the first time until I was 26 or 27. I think I was 26. I was old enough to know what I was getting myself into. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, and then I remember doing it the first time, and I was like, holy shit, I can see why people get addicted to this. And then I became, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm transparent with you guys, and I really, I think not enough people do this. Because I know the number one, the number one drug in politics is fucking cocaine. But then I became like a like a two or three key bump guy. Sometimes when I would go out, and I never had it. You know, I probably did too much cocaine like twice in my life. And yeah, it was fine. It was like I, you know, I don't, I didn't really stay up late that often. So like for me, I usually go to bed at like ten. So I was out till two in the morning. Like I need something to stay awake, and I didn't, you know, I didn't again, I didn't really like drinking that much. So I drink a little bit of tequila on the rocks, and I'd do a key bump or two. Um, and that was, that was my like cocaine use. And it's like, I had never had a problem with it and I don't, and I'm not ashamed of it either. And to be honest with you, I would do it again. If I was out doing something and that that was around at a new year's party or something. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of that. You know, I'd make sure it's clean. Like I said, test trips are really important, but this is, these are conversations we have to have. And that's the kind of, that's the way I'm going to talk to my kids about sex and drugs. Like, Hey, like this thing is, this can be dangerous, right? You're hijacking your neurology. That's important to understand. But I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell them that weed and heroin are the same thing, and I don't think it's appropriate. I think it's actually damaging to do so. In the same way that telling us that everybody needed to get vaccinated was a good idea. No, certain people needed to get vaccinated. The risk proposition was right for them, and it ended up costing us because we made a blanket statement instead of embracing the nuance. And that's something we got to do as a culture. We're not good at it. We are. We have failed as a culture in that respect. I think I've gone long enough there, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on this issue, guys. And uh, if you want more on this, make sure to join the Patreon because we can get into some more in-depth and specific topics when it comes to drug use, especially as coming in. I think I'm actually, I might write a book um, about how to talk to your kids about drugs. Um, that actually seems like a really fun idea. I, I think I've had this idea of writing a book, writing these kids' books, or parenting books, but kids' books about how to talk to your kids about really challenging things, death, drugs, uh, sex, like these things where it's like not, you know, it's not going to be like pro or against it, like just like a very pragmatic uh, way into going about it. And I think it's really important for kids to um, understand their bodies, understand what they're getting themselves into, and then understand the real consequences and, and treat them like as they get older, like adults. So it's like, hey, like this is what's going on in your brain right now. I know you feel like you fucking know everything when you're 16, but you don't. And having a conversation where you're working together on it, I think that there's there should be resources there uh, to have those difficult discussions. Um, but anyways, we will talk about that. Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash politically homeless. Now let's move on. Today in Crenshaw and Plastics. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Elemental Labs, the founders, the creators 
of the best beverage in the game. Listen, here's the thing. There's three things I like to put in my body, okay? Liquid death, homemade cold brew, and element. Three. That's it. If I could just, if I could just live on those three things, I'd be happy. And that's saying a lot because I've, 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 I've actually drank a lot of different stuff. You know, I've tried noon, I've tried liquid IV, I've tried everything. I've tried all kinds of shit, man. But nothing's really satisfied me and satiated me in the same way that Element has. It's a salty, delicious beverage full of electrolytes and what you need. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to put you this a little inside baseball. We had a little miscommunication with uh, Element. Um, I didn't do any, any public shows on, um, in September, and they didn't know that. They were a little bit mad at me for not doing my ad reads um, for them last month. They were like, hey, you got to do your ad reads. And I was like, shit. So, yeah, we're extending it an extra, an extra month, of course. We made it all good. We made it all good. But here's what I want you guys to do because you know what Element is. You love Element. Everybody loves Element. It's great, okay? And if you use Drink Element, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com slash Wanders, you're going to get a free variety pack of this beautiful, sugar-free, electrolyte beverage developed by one of the best minds in health and fitness. His name is Rob Wolf, okay? Magnesium. Salt is things you really need in your life, and it's fucking good. It's delicious. Now that it's getting cool, it's cooling off. You don't even understand how much you need to drink water, right? But you know this. We've had this conversation. If you haven't bought Element yet, and even if you had, still go to drinkelement.com slash wonders. Help me make it up to Element for fucking up our communication last month. And go buy some stuff. I'm not saying this because like, oh, he's like, I need to feel bad. I do feel a little bit bad because we had a little miscommunication. But at the same time, I know you're going to like it. It's inevitable that you're going to do it. You know what I'm saying? It's like dying. It, you're gonna, it's going to happen. One of these days, I carry Element around in my golf bag and just hand it out to people at the golf course. And you know what? It makes them better. They love it. They fucking love it. Especially when they're doing some stupid bullshit like Noon or Liquid IV. Don't be, if, you're do, if you're doing those things... Quit listening to my show. If you're doing that instead of Element, go fuck yourself. I'll be real with you right now. DrinkElement.com slash Wonders. Link is in the show notes, okay? I mean, fuck. I don't know how many times I have to tell you guys this. You know, I feel like I just keep saying things and I just keep being right and no one listens to me. I got banned on multiple social media platforms. I got shut down on YouTube, didn't ban me, but they turned it all the way down to where now I had to start a new account that gets like seven times as many views with a third of the number of subscribers. But I was right about what I got banned for. And I'm right about this. Okay. I'm so sick of being right and people just not listening. So go to drinkelement.com slash wanders. Get your free variety pack with your order. I recommend you order watermelon and grapefruit. Those are my favorite flavors and a great way to start. But then you get the variety pack with those two flavors you know you're going to love. And you can pick out more flavors if you want at a later date when you order it again using the link drinkelement.com slash wanders every time. The link is in the show notes of this show. Now let's get back to the podcast. Well, let's talk about Dan Crenshaw. Um, I pissed off Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> and the funny thing is, and I hope he sees it. I really hope he sees this. Here's the thing, Dan um, since I've, I've, since you've seen my content once, maybe you'll see this, this one as well. I'm just like going for it. Assuming that Laura Ingram and Dan, and Dan Crenshaw are going to see my content, but, um, man, we believed in you, right? 
We believed you. Even Josh, can go ahead and put in the clip of uh, of Tyra Banks yelling uh, about how we believed in you uh, from from America's Next Top Model. Like that's how I feel about you, Dan. Like we thought, as, even as a, as someone who's on the left, like I was like, I like this guy. I can see this guy being president. And since then, I've realized that you're just a fucking cuck, dude. It's like one of the most is one of the most embarrassing like fast turnarounds I've ever seen. It's like this 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 addiction to like attention uh, with no substance. Um, it's so clear that you it's like you could put a lobbyist in your mouth and just say exactly what you're saying. It's like it, there's there's no principles behind most of it. It's so obnoxious. And um, now you're like in this war with Gavin Newsom. It's like, dude, you're a you're a congressman from Texas. Like, what influence do you have on California? Oh, you want to? So you're trying to set the bar lower for yourself. So that you can just step right over it instead of actually, you know, like dealing with stuff that happens for people in Texas, right? It, you know, that makes sense. Like I should, I'm sitting here, I should be sitting here and complaining about the, uh, the, the, the hunting regulation, something I care about in West Virginia, where I'm never going to hunt, right? I'm never going to hunt there, but I live in Colorado, right? Now I may be able to criticize Utah or Montana or Wyoming, but mostly I just criticize Colorado because I live here. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, it's, it, and I'm not a congressman for Colorado. I just exist in this state and try to keep things uh, relevant to what's pertinent for me. But instead, you're going to criticize California. And yeah, California does all kinds of dumb shit. And we're going to get into some of that. I, I'm with you. I lived there for a year. It was not, I mean, that, that, was, that was before it went really south. You know what I mean? I get you. But at the same time, you have zero influence there. Focus on your home state, right? But you can't do that because... That's changing, right? That's that's changing for you. The, the favor there is changing for you. If you weren't in a red district, you would have lost. But anyways, uh, moving on. Let's check this out. This is this this riveting content from Dan Crenshaw. It says California after banning cars, plastic makeup, and clothes. Uh, it has um, uh, what's his name here from Castaway, uh, Tom Hanks. It says, so far, California has banned gas-powered cars, chainsaws, lawnmowers, straws, trash bags, shampoo bottles, certain makeup, and certain clothing brands. Oh, weird, huh? Weird. Okay. So let's look at this here. It has a uh, California bans all cosmetics and clothing containing forever chemicals. California Governor Gavin Newsom has signed two bills into law banning toxic forever chemicals, also known as PFAS, uh, from being added to com- cosmetics, clothing, textiles, and personal care products sold in the state. Now, a friend of, friend of mine, uh, Will Roosh, his, uh, his wife works in cosmetics, and she agreed that a lot of these chemicals are there to increase shelf life and stability and have no real value when it comes to actual cosmetics. That's her area of expertise, and I would agree with that, similar to what with the preservatives we put in food, right? So we're thinking about that. The things we put in food are oftentimes unnecessary and are there for, to decrease the health value while increasing the profitability for corporations, which is what Dan actually cares about. He doesn't care about your health. Does he care about my health? He cares about the, the health of, of the, of the uh, bottom line of a corporation. That's what Dan is there in service of. Do not get it twisted. That, do not get it twisted. That is exactly what it is. Do you want forever? Let's, okay, let's think about this. The things you put on your body, you put in your body. Okay? If you don't believe me, go put a little bit of fentanyl on your arm, on your skin, and see how long you live. You don't have to ingest it. Right? So now think about that, but daily cosmetics, lotions, and other things that are, that are full of chemicals, chemical byproducts that absorb into your fucking bloodstream and cross the blood-brain barrier. Now Dan, in a private message to someone who I will not name, was upset about this and said that there's only two chemicals that are actually dangerous, which is one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever heard in my life, to be completely frank with you. 
Um, so Dan is okay. So Dan's pro pro uh, forever chemicals. Uh, and that guy moved. Now this, the ban of sale of new gasoline cars. I agree with you, Dan. That's dumb. That's really silly. That that's, that makes a lot of no sense. Now they may, it may make sense. Cause if you've ever been in California, you understand like the amount of, of just like smog and it's, it's, it gets pretty brutal there. I can see them not selling cars that get less than like 30 miles a gallon, right? Unless you have an exemption for some kind of work permit or something like that. But then again, when you think about like gas powered lawnmowers and stuff and different things like that, it's like, I've kind of only the only thing that I have that's gas powered as far as as far as um, yard tools is a is a my lawn or my uh, chainsaw. And the only reason I have a gas powered chainsaw is because I got big ass trees. I really wanted a battery powered, but I just didn't trust it to be able to handle like some of the bigger trees that have to handle out here. Um, And uh, I have to travel with it into the mountains and stuff sometimes in case there's a downed tree in a road I need to cut up. So there's like reasons for me to have it. I really just wanted an electric one. So like my weed eater is electric, my leaf blower is electric, all of my stuff's electric, and it's actually just way easier. I have a couple batteries for each one. I put them in rotation, and I can imagine if you work in a landscaping company, like it's not that hard to convert to battery. There's a lot of still still makes badass um, battery powered. um, landscaping tools, uh, Lowe's, like the basic Lowe's, uh, whatever, the, whatever their brand is. That's the one that I have a uh, cobalt. Great stuff. It's fucking awesome. I mean, I don't, I don't have to charge my batteries very much at all. And I'll use my leaf blower all the time. Uh, and the same battery goes from leaf blower to weed eater. So you could have a, a fleet of those batteries being charged, especially in a lot of the newer, um, trucks that are coming out. If you're running a landscaping company, you could have those plugged into the bed of your truck and have them charging all the time. Anytime your truck is running and keep them loaded up and just boom, boom, boom. It's way easier than carrying gas. It's actually more effective. So I think there's like, yeah, I understand like you can be critical of them banning chainsaws and stuff, but it, it's, it's just like, you don't need gas powered. Um, you don't really need that many gas powered, uh, landscaping tools, uh, to do a, to do a basic yard in LA or anywhere else. Right. It's like, you're talking about hedge clippings and mowing the lawn. Like it's just not that big of a deal. So and it pushes some innovation. I mean, it innovates. It's a bigger market now for electric lawnmowers. So like they're going to get better. And that's a lot easier for more people to use than running. And like, especially if you're running two strokes and you got to run oil and gas together, like consumer wise, it makes a lot of sense. Um, the gasoline car thing is dumb, but like, you know, there's a nuance to all of this. There's conversations to be had about, oh, yeah, that's probably where it's headed anyways. Um, and you know, it is what it is. So. That being said, here's what here's here's Dan's whole stance here, right? So really what I wanted to get into here though, the more the one that I'm more, well, this is all gone now, but the one that I'm more concerned about is the Forever Chemicals post. So let's get into some of this. A lot of people saw this um this podcast on Joe Rogan. We're not going to play the whole thing here. It's a 15-minute clip but with uh, Shanna Squan. So she's talked about the impact that plastic chemicals leaching into our food, water, uh in and um bloodstream through different very a variety of different ways has impacted males in particular uh, now it's not good for anybody but the the impact on males seems to be disproportionate so let's dive into a little bit of what she has to say here i'm going to speed this up to 1.5 so if you're listening to me on fast then um this may be a little much for you but let's go into it the joe rogan experience when did all this come to light when did people start understanding the the negative consequences of plastics and your food um well i came to understand it first in animals because um, that's the way science works. You know, first you do animal studies and then you try to replicate them in humans, right? And so um, in around 2000, they did some experiments where they fed a rat food contaminated with phthalates. And then they looked to see how the offspring developed, right? And what they saw was that the males were born different than the females and different from unexposed males. Do you want me mm, to tell you yes, how, how different? Yeah. Yes, please. So this will really interest you, I think. What um, what happened is, so let's go back. Okay. So. Before the phthalates, before, you know, early in pregnancy, the genitals are just a single ridge, same in males and females. 
undifferentiated. Okay? And then at a certain time, and in mice and rats, it's 15 to 18 days of gestation, the testicles start making testosterone. And then that gives a signal to produce the male typical genitals. So if they don't have the testosterone, there will be ovaries. And if there is testosterone, there'll be testicles and so on and so forth, right? And that migration requires testosterone at exactly the right time and the right amount. It's very delicately programmed, okay? So if that happens, if everything goes well, then the penis will develop, it'll have a certain size. <clears throat> and then there's something <clears throat> which is very key to, to my research, which is something you might know by the name of the taint. Mm-hmm. That taint, or we call it anogenital distance. Yeah, it's not a real, it's not really a technical term, is it? But anogenital distance is. Yes, but taint, Solaris listening to a PhD. Said right, taint. well, I'm saying that because I'm talking to a lot of people <laughs> who might not know. <laughs> the area right? known as the, t- okay. Yes, um, known on the street as yes, the taint. Yes, the streets. Right? And um, or the gooch or the grundle or the gooch. The, I've never. The you know about the gooch? Yeah, I, saw, I just saw something the other day. Didn't know what a taint was, and they're like, "Oh, you mean the gooch?" I yeah. I've never heard loved the gooch. Joe Rogan. Yeah. I thought the gooch was like a baseball player. No, well, it could be that also. But isn't there a guy named? Maybe the he's gooch? named after. Sorry. And also ABC. Have you heard ABC? ABC? No, I have not heard that. How's that one go? Asphalt connector. Oh, the asphalt connector. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But so, about for a woman. Yes, you can measure. Yeah, it's but not you can't called, call it an ABC. It's not called the ABC. Okay. okay. Sorry. So here you got this distance, and um, it's been measured in animals for like 100 years. And what they use it for was first to just sex the animals. So the litter is born. There's a lot of little pups. They want to separate the males and the females because they're going to do different things with them. And they just hold them up by the tail and they look. And the reason you can do this is because in the male, it's much longer. It's 50 to 100% longer. Now, this is – stop and think about this. There's nothing else in the body that's that different between males and females in terms of size. Organs, mm. yes, but size, No. You know, our heights don't differ by 50 to 100 percent. Right. Our weights, nothing, nothing. It's this is it. This is the <laughs> the mark. Is that in all animals? It's almost all mammals. Really? The hyena is a little different. We could talk yeah, about do that. I know about those? You know about those, I yeah. have a whole bit about them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're ma- the females are masculinized, so they have a longer AGD, mm. right? But most for most mammals, it's this way, okay, including humans. So here's this little pup that's born, and he's... If he's unexposed, he'll have a good, you know, standard penal size and AGD, and he won't have any malformations of his penis and so on. It'll, you know, he'll be normal. But if his mother was exposed to phthalates, everything can go south. And what happens is the penis is smaller, and the AGD is smaller, and the scrotum is smaller, and the testes are maybe not descended. In other words, it didn't finish the process. Mm. It was arrested, if you will. So we say that that, that pup is incompletely masculinized. Now, the amount of phthalates that get into the pup system... In, 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 in utero? Is that, the same, is that possible to achieve those levels in the modern world with human beings? Absolutely. It is. And I'm going to tell you what I did to show that. I showed that. Wow. So when I heard this story, I was flying on a plane to Japan to go to a conference. I was with a friend who was a chemist for the Centers for Disease Control. And he said, Shauna, you should study phthalates. And I'm going, why? I'd never heard of them. What, what, why phthalates? And he said, well, we have been measuring them at the CDC, and they're in everybody. They're in pregnant women. And... This group of scientists in the National Toxicology Program has shown that they alter the development of the male newborn. And they call that the phthalate syndrome. That's what it's called. That collection of changes that come about after the mother has phthalates is called the phthalate syndrome. So I thought, well, does that happen to humans? Same question you asked, right? So how, do you, how, would, you, how would you answer that question? Then I'll tell you what I did. How would I? Well, you would hope that you're not running experiments like you're running them on animals. Right. Um, are you measuring the blood of the people that are having children that have issues like with, with uh, development, development issues in the way the children look when they're born? Is that what you're doing? It's really close. So phthalates have the property that they dissolve in water, water soluble. And so they go into the urine. 
So for this class of chemicals, if you want to know how much is in your body and my body, we've got to measure the urine. Other chemicals, um, like flame retardants, we would look in the blood. So it depends what, what the chemical is. But, but your right idea, look inside the body. Okay. That- so we can cut it off right there. But that gives you an idea. Very thorough. And she also brought up flame retardants, which are also other forever chemicals that are going to be enclosed in different things that are especially are under-regulated that Dan Crenshaw is in favor of leaving unregulated because, you know, what your kid's getting chemicals soaking in through their skin into their bloodstream, not a big deal to Dan. Not a big deal because a lot of those chemicals are byproducts of the oil and gas industry, which are his owners, right? They've got his, their, their, their arms so far up his ass. He doesn't even know what's there anymore. Seems that way. So that's, that's uh, one take. Now, when you think about things like BPA, right? It's like, well, we see a lot of progress on the people who are taking BPA. There's been an innovation in the world, taking BPA out of things. The free market is doing its stuff. You see BPA free bottles, this and that. Well, yeah, yeah, kind of, maybe, but no, actually not. That's not true. And people don't understand this because industry drives our information. So if it's, if it's, if it's not productive for Dow for you to know that their nonstick pans are killing you uh, and causing cancer, well, then they're not, you're not going to find out. And they're actually not going to be punished for it in any real substantive way, right? They make it a fine, a couple million dollars, but they've already made billions and billions selling you nonstick pans um, and using flame retardants that are toxic. Uh, and there's no real consequences for that because capitalism. That's why. Uh, so anyways, let's move on here and talk a little bit about that BPA idea and the idea that this is, there's more and more going on as far as, as far as like, what, what can we do? What can we expect? What's happening in this process uh, where you're seeing things being marketed as non-toxic and being having these chemicals removed? How is that actually working? And let's, let's, let's try to understand the nuance in a situation like this and, and what this is doing to our health as a nation. And for those of you who are familiar with MedCran, we actually talked to Professor Joseph Allen out of the Harvard Public School of Health, the man who actually coined the term forever chemicals about this very topic. Listen as Kyle interviews Dr. Allen about why BPA-free products may not be all they're cracked up to be. I want to ask you about uh, some of the products that we all have in our homes or use every day. And I have a water bottle here that uh, says BPA free on it. And when I read some of your book, when you talk about how um, some of these chemicals, it's like chemical whack-a-mole, I think was the term you used. Um, so could you, could you talk a little bit about that, why something like BPA free may not give the security that we hope it would? Yeah. So we're moving to the topic of chemicals. This is a, a massive topic that doesn't get enough attention. It's something I've been studying for a long time and uh, you'll really get me going because yeah, there's a chapter in the middle of our book, I'm not trying to sell a book here, um, but it talks about our global chemical experiment. And I promise if you read it, uh, uh, it, sh- it should shock you. It should absolutely shock you because there's an assumption that the products we buy are safe and that we don't, that if there was a chemical that was toxic, well, of course it shouldn't be in your water bottle or my couch or my kid's child, you know, car seat. Um, but th- here's how it works. And here's the problem. There are over 80,000 chemicals in commerce. Very few have been tested for health and safety. Let's just pause it. 80,000 chemicals in commerce. Very few have been tested for health, health and safety. And Dan Crenshaw wants me to say there's two. There's two that are bad for you. 80,000. I would think if you found 80,000 of anything, I could find at least 1,000 of those that are probably bad for you. Right? Just, just based on logic itself. Like I would assume 80,000 different, I could find 80,000 different types of grass. A bunch of them you'd probably be allergic to, right? More than two. <laughs> it's just a normal person. But no, 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 no. That's not, that's not what Dan gets paid to say, right? And he would have a conversation with this guy or Shannon Swan because he lives near Houston. <laughs> and so what happens is we don't follow the precautionary principle. We allow companies to put these chemicals in commerce. And then if we, the scientists, find out it's harmful, 
they take it out. Okay, so you get to put it in, and then we, if we find that it's harmful, we take it out. So you, it's trial, it's a trial and error. It's 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 kind of like an experimental vaccine. You, we'll find out if it's harmful, and then we'll use that to decide whether we take it out. We won't find out if it's harmful before we put it in. Interesting, interesting. I think I might be making a case for regulation here. But what happens is they often replace the toxic chemical with a chemical cousin that's just as toxic. We call this chemical whack-a-mole. And it's this never-ending game that's been played for decades. And BPA is a great example. So if you're a, a customer, uh, you know, you're, you're well-meaning, you know, you look at your bottle. Okay, there's two bottles. One says BPA-free. Well, I must, I'll get the BPA-free one, right? Uh, BPA must be bad, even if you know nothing about BPA. And BPA stands for bisphenol A. It's a hormone-disrupting uh, chemical that's used in some plastics. The reality is, though, BPA got a bad rap. And so manufacturers seized on this. And they said, well, I'm going to sell BPA-free everything. They didn't just take out BPA, they took out BPA, but they replaced it with its chemical cousin, BPS, for bisphenol S. Sure enough, the toxicological profile looks exactly the same, darn near similar, to BPA. So in that way, they played a game with you as a consumer. BPA-free is great. That label might as well say it contains BPS. BPS is starting to get a bad rap. You know what the replacement is? BPF. This goes on and on. Uh, we, we've seen this with pesticides decades ago. We see this chemical whack-a-mole in nail polish. We see swapping of chemicals in e-cigarettes. We see this in flame retardants in, that are in your couch and my couch. Uh, we see this with these forever chemicals, these stain repellent com- chemicals that uh, can cause testicular cancer that you find in nonstick pans that are used uh, on carpets. And there was one that was labeled bad. Okay, that was removed. And it was just subbed in for another one. So this game of chemical whack-a-mole uh, happens all the time. And, and we sometimes call it uh, regrettable substitution is the less playful name for it. Yeah. But it's another name I don't like, you know, because it implies there's, oh, whoops, we made a mistake. It's a regrettable substitution. Whoops. This has been happening for decades. There's nothing regrettable about it. It's a knowing uh, failure of the system and a loophole in our chemical policy. And here's where it's interesting for all of us and everybody. These chemicals, they migrate out of their products. If you take something like these forever chemicals um, that are the ones that are in your nonstick pans and, and in your carpets and, and they're on our clothes, it makes things, you know, water and soil just wash off these days. It's amazing. We love them as consumers. Um, well, these things are really pernicious. I mean, they last in the environment forever. I wrote an op-ed calling them forever chemicals and named them that two or three years ago at this point when that piece came out. Um, but they're associated with these harmful effects, carcinogenic effects. Uh, they're associated with, they're called obesogens. They interfere with lipid metabolism. Um, so we have all of these, you know, um, uh, known adverse effects. We keep using them and we have this chemical whack-a-mole. And the problem with these forever chemicals is there's like, at this point, 6,000 variants. So what do we even study next, right? Uh, so as a consumer, we really have no chance to be like a thoughtful consumer and avoid these things because it's a totally, uh, it's a totally broken system. Any specific- so just think about that. Think about that. And then think about this post from Dan Crenshaw. You think he gives a fuck about you? You think he gives a fuck about truth or honesty? You know, this is the same kind of guy. This, this, Dan Crenshaw, I'm sure I haven't seen much of his stuff about this, but I'm assuming that he's really against 12-year-old boys cutting their dicks off and turn them into vaginas, right? I'm sure he's really against the trans agenda, right? I'm sure he loves to talk about masculinity and the need for men to be masculine and gender roles. I'm sure Dan loves talking about that and getting all the fucking likes on Instagram and the retweets and the attention on fucking Fox News, right? Because I was a Navy SEAL, right? I'm sure that's Dan's perspective, isn't it? But he's, he's cool with arguing about the degradation of health in men through forever chemicals leaching into our food, our drinking water, our furniture, our clothes. 
Because God forbid we impede consumerism, Dan. God forbid we impede consumerism with actual fucking knowledge. You want to sit here and tell me that you made this post in good faith? This is clickbait bullshit, you fuck. Are you serious? Educate yourself before you open your goddamn mouth. Now, do I think California is doing things right? I'll say it again. No. California is a fucking trash state. But if you're going to make a straw man, at least put a little more effort into it than this, Dan Crenshaw. Because I would prefer, like, I'm going to do my best. My kids will be drinking out of glass. You notice how I have glass here? You notice this liquid death can is aluminum? That's what I've been drinking today, right? My other, my other uh, drink here is out of other, a glass, a mug, I got a mason jar, and I got an aluminum can. Because plastic is fucking disgusting. One reason I love liquid death. Dan, they're raging a war on plastic. Great company. You know why? Because it's not really necessary to have plastic bottles at convenience stores. You can put it all in a fucking can. It's like, well, uh, people that are buying Cokes might want to split it up into two or three different servings. No, they don't. No, they don't. You drink them all at one time. Have you seen America? Give me a fucking break. It's not that hard to put shit in a can. Infinitely recyclable. Infinitely. If it ends up in the ocean, it'll break down. It doesn't turn into microplastics and float around and fill fish and whales up. That's for goddamn sure. But you can't impede consumerism for the health of the planet or the health of individuals. Your constituents don't give a fuck. So you're so against the trans ideology and the, and the washing away of men. And you need men. You need masculinity. But you'll let us be degraded slowly through chemicals leaching into our food, water, uh, clothing, bottles, furniture, carpets, flame retardants, car seats, candles. Endocrine disruptors are fucking everywhere, Dan. Everywhere. And you're too busy getting clicks like a goddamn media outlet instead of doing your fucking job. And yes, I'll defend the fact that I called you a brainless idiot. Or what did I say? A brainless hack. That's what I called you. You were upset because I called you a brainless hack. Then prove me fucking wrong, Dan. I know you're going to see this. I know you're going to. Because see, some of us out here have principles. Some of, some of us out here took time to learn about this before opening our goddamn mouths. And some of us are paid for by the oil and gas lobby. We get it, dude. You jerk off to capitalism. We get it. Maybe there's a place where like the health and well-being of children should be, be, be a priority for a, for a country, for a culture. And yeah, I am also against the the demasculination of children and boys through the liberal agenda and through the leaching of chemicals into our fucking bloodstreams. Whether it be flame retardants or phthalates or BPA or BPF or BPS, any of these things. I am against the, the, the degradation of masculinity in our society by means of agendas or consumerism. That's called being principled, Dan Crenshaw, something you seem to have forgotten with all this fame you've chased in your time in Congress. So yeah, I'll call you a fucking mindless hack if I want to. I'll call you a partisan fuckstick. And I hope that your youth summit was great. I hope it was fantastic.
with your 80s retro branding and all your fucking bullshit. How about you have somebody on that disagrees with you, Dan? How about you have somebody on that'll call you out on your bullshit instead of creating a circle jerk? Hey, you know what you just taught a bunch of kids at your youth summit is how to have a fucking confirmation bias circle jerk. That's what you did. You guys can probably tell that I was a little bit pent up there with the Dan Crenshaw thing, but let's talk about Ukraine. Something else that gets me a little fired up. Now we're gonna have we're not gonna have fun with this because it's not fun what's happening in Ukraine. But I want to just point this out. This is gonna be a, a shorter segment here. Um, Elon Musk. Right, Elon's not a perfect person. I'm not a perfect person. You know that song. Everybody's gonna have it stuck in your head all day today. Thanks to me. You're welcome. Uh, Ukraine, Russia, peace. Tweets Elon. Redo elections of annexed regions under UN supervision. Russia leaves if that is what is that if that is the will of the people. Crimea, formerly part of Russia as it has been since 1783 until Khrushchev's mistake. Um, water supply to Crimea assured and Ukraine remains neutral. He follows up here and says, "This is hi- the highly likely to be the outcome in the end. Just a question of how many people need to die before then." Also worth noting that a possible, albeit unlikely, outcome from this conflict is a nuclear war. This is a very rational take. This is a very rational take. Listen, um, I know that we need to live in a world of peace and sunshine and rainbows. That's not the way it works, though. Okay, the the Soviet Union was dissolved in 1991, I believe, and that's not that long ago. Okay, so you got to understand that, like, if we look back on history, if we look back at history from, you know, let's just say when the states were formed, right? Like when the United States was becoming what it is today, which we think of it, it, this is the United States. Well, no, that's not actually how it worked. We had the Alamo, right? We had the Mexican-American War. Um, We were trying to to gain back territory from Mexico. I think we stole half of Texas from Mexico, to be honest with you. The Louisiana Purchase was a part of that as well. We've got all these things where like the borders and there were a lot of border disputes, conflicts about what was going to go where and what belonged to who. And it was a fucking messy process. And that's where we're at. It's only been, what is that, 30 some odd years since the, since the Soviet union fell. I mean, you got to understand like, yeah, there's going to be some, some, some fluctuations in the way where borders are. And that just happens to be really fucking messy and bloody. And it sucks. Am I defending what Putin's doing? No, I don't like Putin. He's a murderer. He's a bad guy. I don't like it. I don't think, do I think the United States has a moral high ground on telling people they can't invade sovereign countries? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We don't have a moral high ground on very, with very many countries at all. Right. Like it's, it's, it's a little bit absurd that we believe that we do or that anybody believes that like American exceptionalism when it comes to foreign interventions exists because we, we've lost every war that I can remember in my lifetime. So anyways, or it's, or it's, or it's created more wars, right? Which is a loss, right? If you find the Mujahideen or Desert Storm, these other things, like if you create more wars and more terror out of your war, that's a loss. That's a, that's a net loss. But we have this under here. And I think, you know, when it comes down to it, I agree with Musk that, this is highly likely to be the outcome in the end. And we've seen this. He tweets this, and then he has a bunch of backlash. These really like cringe takes about it. People are calling him all kinds of names, and blah, 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 blah. And the bots get after him. And I've had the bots get after me on the Ukraine stuff on TikTok uh, before I got banned, I think, for the third time. Um, and it was bad. I mean, there's, like, there's so many Ukraine, pro-Ukraine bots out there. It's, it's weird. It's, like, it's kind of creepy, honestly. Um, but they got on this, of course. And we got to look at this, like... I get in these debates where I'm like, I'm having a conversation like, hey, you can't call something a liberal democracy if there was a coup in 2014. Like, that wasn't that long ago, right? That was eight years ago. There was a coup, right? Obama was right that Ukraine is not of our natural interest enough to go to war over. That's why he allowed the annexation of Crimea to happen. Also, if we're thinking about putting um, Ukraine in NATO 
and there's a Russian military base in Crimea, I don't think that Putin's going to be chill with you taking over a Russian military base and turning it into a NATO military base. That does not seem to be something that he's going to be chill with. So it makes sense why he would take it. Now, it's weird. We get in this conversation, and I think Dave Smith said a bunch of this on Rogan. It's like, he's a madman. He's crazy. He's out of control. But don't trust him whenever he says, don't listen to him whenever he says he's going to use nuclear weapons. No. Don't, he was, nah, he's bluffing. He's like, I'm not bluffing. He's like, oh, he's bluffing. But he's crazy, but he's bluffing, right? It's like, oh, he's going to take over. Oh, he wants to re reestablish the former Soviet Union and blah, 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 blah. But he also is having a hard time taking like 25% of Ukraine. Like these things just don't add up. Like the narratives are so combative. And it's been that way since the very beginning. Like from like the ghost of Kiev on, it was just like none of this shit makes any fucking sense. And it comes out, a lot of it was bullshit. And that's where, we at, that's where we're at, right? So I think, you know, the world is the sunshine and rainbows. I don't want, like, we saw this, right? After, a few days after he tweets this, and there's a, uh, the, the, the more hawkish side of Russia starts to win out, and they fucking bomb the shit out of Kiev. And that's really rough. I mean, that's, that's civilians, that's people dying. For what? The people in the Donbass region don't seem to want to be a part of Ukraine. So why don't we do this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to elaborate on Elon's take here. Great. Okay, we're going to redo the elections over the annex regions. There's sovereignty in the Donbass. They're going to, if they want to be part of Russia, they want to be independent. They want to be part of Ukraine. Have those elections, supervision by UN. That's fucking bulletproof. Like, bulletproof, right? No Russians going around with guns and doing all this other shit. None of that. Okay? That gets to be the thing. And then Ukraine, the western part of Ukraine, which is pretty western in the way that it adapts itself, gets to be a part of the UN if they want. Or, I mean, it gets to be a part of uh, uh, the, uh, the EU. They can be a part of NATO. They can do whatever they want to do. It's like, hey, man, you get this part over here. This part gets to do whatever the fuck they want to do. And then we've got to do something. If we're, they're going to be in, in the NATO, they've got to do something about it. They're the most corrupt country in fucking Europe. They've got to do something about it. They've got to get their shit right. I'm so tired of Zelensky complaining and playing victim. Maybe you shouldn't have run the most corrupt country on the fucking planet. Jesus Christ, man. Like, you make Russian oligarchs look like fucking child's play with the amount of corruption that's happened in your country. And then you're going to bitch about shit? And then you don't want any oversight on the weapons that we're giving you? Your country doesn't exist if, if without U.S. support. So shut the fuck up, okay? Like, that guy is such a fucking cuck. I hate that dude so much. Zelensky and Putin, I, I hate them for different reasons, but the same amount. And it's high. So this whole freak out over Elon is very interesting because it's like, this is a very pragmatic stance. We've been like, this is like Elon trying some diplomacy here being like, Hey, let's like try some diplomacy. (laughs) Really? It's like, here's my ideas. Let's get some feedback. And then it's like the, the, these, the German fucking uh, ambassadors like, fuck you. And Zelensky like puts out a poll. It's like, do you like the pro Russia or pro? I'm like, Zelensky, fuck off. Like, fuck that guy. God damn. That guy sucks so bad. Um, such a fucking cunt. Uh, but yeah, dude, I mean, what else is there to say? I wanted to bring this up because it's like the response to this is actually a bigger story than this itself. This is what's going to end up happening. Crimea is going to be Russia. The Donbass is going to be independent or Russia. Um, after all of that, people are going to feel sorry for Ukraine. They're going to bring them into NATO and the EU. There we go. Now, how many civilians need to die? How much do Russian civilians who had nothing to do with this need to be punished? Hmm? I prefer no more. No more young men, women, children. Anybody, old people, whatever. I don't want people to die anymore. And that's just the way it goes, man. That's the way it goes. What do you, what do you, what do you want us to say? It's just the fucking reality of the situation, man. Like Russia's big and powerful and they got a bunch of nukes. 
And because of that, they get a little bit more leeway. Just like we get a lot of leeway on invading fucking sovereign countries and <laughs> fucking them up. I mean, think about it right now. Like we tried to like institute democracy in Iran, didn't we? All <laughs> right. Like we did a bunch of things like that. Right. And then didn't work, didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. And now look at this. You leave them alone for a while and they do it themselves. They revolt. They have a revolution. Does it benefit us? Sure. Do we do it? No. Natural, organic, baby. That's what you need. Just give things time. Let them grow. Get, be an example. Be, a, be an example of what the world could be like, and people will see that and want to admire that. But whenever, whenever, uh, whenever Putin can tell the president of the United States that he doesn't want the kind of democracy they have in Baghdad, and that's a sick burn that is very valid, well, you're not really doing yourself any, good, any favors. So your only option then is to force things on people, and that doesn't work. That does not work. So, so to bring that up, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Now let's get into that beautiful part of the show. Where I give you sexy motherfuckers something to think about. Let's go. Hard to believe I was uh, without you guys for a month. Except for those, those bad bitches in the Patreon. <sighs> okay. Let's talk about weed. Let's talk about weed. Here's the thing about weed. Some 11 days, no weed. Smoking daily. I mean, during elk season, I kind of did, I didn't really smoke daily, but probably a few times a week. And it had consequences. I feel, I don't know if you guys can tell. Maybe let me know if, I, if you can. That I'm a little sharper. I feel good. I feel fired up. Um, but there's something I was thinking about when it comes to weed and, you know, I, I was in San Marcos, Texas at Texas state university. Uh, I was a Kappa alpha down there and, um, RIP that Epsilon Iota does no longer exist. That chapter is, that chapter is long gone. Um, but we used to get some, uh, some dank bud. It was strong, but it was like, you know, and we had the guy that would sell it to us, uh, was also in the frat, but he would use a, um, a keef box. So he would like shake the weed and get all the, a lot of the crystals off of it before he sold it. Cause then he could sell them and sell the keef. It was kind of shitty that he would do that, but we found out about it and then started buying our weed elsewhere. Um, so we got like, it was pretty weak weed compared to like what it was. And we could every now and then get a hold of like the kind of weed that we have today, like the 20% uh, THC weed and like be fucking ripped. But now with legalization, things are different, right? I will say that that it's too easy for kids to get a hold of this shit. Like, I don't think developing minds should get a hold of that, but that's not really the conversation that we're going to have here and something to think about today. What I want you to think about, what I've been thinking about, is why is it that whenever I go to a dispensary and I want to buy flour, right? I want to buy a little weed. I've got a choice between maybe 14% THC up to 30% THC, and that's my range. I remember the first time I kind of realized this, I was actually in college and I was smoking with some girls from, the, from Europe, some European chicks. And she was like, man, Americans, they just get so high. Like they just get fucking baked all the time. And she's like, in Europe, we just like roll spliffs and like smoke a couple times a day, like have a little bit of weed with a little tobacco, like smoke a spliff or two a day when we're out on a Saturday, like having, having, you know, whatever they do in Europe, like going out and have lunch or whatever. And I was like, actually, yeah, like Americans operate in excess 
We consume, 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 consume. And that's been reflected in, in the way that we treat marijuana as a consumer industry, right? More sugar, more fat, more, you know, more chemicals, more this, more flavors. You need, now you need like ding dong flavored Doritos. Like it's fucking weird, right? That's, that's a very American thing and it's fucking gross, but it's influencing our, our marijuana industry as well. And I feel like in a negative way. So my question is, what I want to think about is like, why can't I go in and buy weed that's 4% THC and like a high CBD strain back in the day in the nineties, it was a one to five, uh, CBD, uh, THC to CBD. Now it's, um, one to 20, like 20 times the amount of THC than there is CBD in, in, in a normal strain. It's insane. And the consequences of that are that you just get fucking ripped. And sometimes I don't want to be ripped. I just want to have a little, I just want to catch a little buzz. Smoke a little herb. Watch a little movie. You know, have some snacks. Go out. Go shopping. Go get some groceries a little bit high. I don't want to fucking melt into the couch. It doesn't matter. Sativa, indica. I'm sensitive to weed, man. And I'm just like, can somebody make some weed that's 3 4% THC? As Americans, we're just so keyed in and so driven by excess. I don't understand. It's like, I smoked a dab one time. And I felt like I was, um, I, you know, I had developed uh, Down syndrome for at least a week. It was weird. It was bad. I hated it. But you got 17-year-old kids doing that shit on the daily, man. Fucking wild. You know, and so I'm just trying to understand, like, why can't we just get really clean, nice, weak weed, right? The best alternative is like a vape pen, but then I feel like I'm like breathing in vegetable oil. I don't know that palpability, breathing it, smoking a joint, a little joint by yourself, just one, just sitting outside, looking at the sky, smoking a joint is one of the best things you can do playing with your dog. And I like to be able to smoke a whole joint without feeling like I don't even know who I am or where I am. So what I want you to think about, what I've been thinking about, is where is the weed, the weak weed? Where's the weak weed? Why can't we get weak weed? Please, someone out there, please, make some weak weed for the rest of us. They even call it weak weed. I don't know what you, I don't know. There's a market for it out there, I promise you. Look at the comments of this video. There is a market out there for weed that doesn't just fuck you up to no end. And maybe, I hate to say it, maybe there's room to regulate the amount of THC that goes into marijuana we purchase. Maybe. Something to think about. <sighs> Fucking love you guys. Glad to be back. I think that was a good show. I liked that. I had a good time with that. <sighs> Let's get some weak weed. Sober October, baby. 11 days in. Feeling good, feeling strong. Join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash politically homeless. Love ya. Keep your head on straight. Bye-bye.